Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I want to talk uh, a little bit tonight about um, the subject. Uh, my title is Identify. And um, if you're a note taker, um, then you can you can title it identify. And um, you know we may talk about that or not. You know you never know with me. I might get off on a sidetrack and we'll talk about something else. But that but at least you'll have a nice uh, heading of your notes. No, but but I want to talk a little bit about uh, um, uh, identifying. What are we identifying with? What are we identifying with? Because um, you know I believe that that we all know that uh, we have an identity in Christ. We have an identity with the Lord Jesus, and we have a positional seat at the right hand of the Father. But how many of you know just because that is our positional reality, it doesn't mean that it is our daily reality? And I don't know about you, but I'm just stirred in this hour to make more the, the positional realities that the Lord has done for us, the things he's given us. We need to be, ex- I'm, I'm stirred to experience them in my daily life. I'm stirred to experience the reality of who he's made me to be in, the, in my daily reality, to take, uh, uh, as Jesus said, heavenly rea- realities and bring them to earth. And I believe we're called and commissioned to do that as a, as a church, obviously, because the Lord said, said that that's the job of the believer, but uh, but then also even our own church vision declares that, that that's part of our responsibilities to, to make heavenly realities and heavenly truths known, amen, that's part of the vision and the plan of uh, uh, that God has given our church, but how many of you know it, it's it, we need to make sure we're doing it in our own daily lives so that we can uh, appropriately live it out out in the, amongst the, the workplace and the marketplace and, the, and, and, and in our homes, amen. I said in our homes, we ought not just have an amen on Sunday and, and, and in our homes when behind closed doors, the reality of Christ isn't, isn't, being, isn't being seen. The, the reality of our position and our identity in him isn't being lived out. No, there's, there, is an, there should be an amen in church. Ah, they're good, doing good tonight. Uh, there should be an amen in church, but then there should be an amen, a so be it, when we get when we get home and close the door. Amen. There ought to be a so be it that that's declared uh, by our lives when we when we step on the job site. When we step in in, in the in the uh, uh, in the grocery stores and 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 when we're behind the wheel of the car. Oh, mm. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, there ought to be an identity of Christ that comes up out of the innermost being. Instead of an aggravation. Hey. Hallelujah. Because how many of you know that uh, you probably cut somebody off earlier that day? You without sin cast the first. Hallelujah. So I want to talk a little bit about identity because I also believe that there is an an identity crisis that the world is dealing with right now. There's an identity crisis. And, you know, that doesn't concern me as as much as maybe it would somebody else because I I just have have a sense that anytime you see something uh, uh, being stirred up in the world, in the world system, how many of you know that that... When Moses showed up to Pharaoh's, uh, Pharaoh's courts, he threw down the rod, and the rod turned into a snake, but the magicians turned, turned a rod into the snake, too. Y'all remember that? What was the difference? Moses' rod swallowed up the Pharaoh's magicians' rods, Right? That snake got swallowed up by Moses' rod. And so I believe that you'll see uh, very oftentimes in society and in culture the very thing that God is trying to do in the church and stir in the body, you'll see the enemy begin to do the opposite or, or a similar thing. And you, have you noticed that people are trying to rise up in, in identities that, that, that uh, uh, supersede facts, right? 
We see that. We see people being uh, rising up and saying, I'm identifying as this, and I'm identifying as that, and, and I'm identifying in, in this manner. And, and, and it's many times right in the face of facts that you can plainly see. Well, how many of you know that is a God-given gift that he's put on the inside of man to be able to rise above facts and identify with something that is unseen? Well, God has anointed man to do that, and the enemy wants to come in with his uh, counterfeit rod and stir the hearts of man to identify in this day. Because identity, God is releasing a season of identity to raise up the body of Christ, and the enemy has to, has to present a counterfeit so, so, that, there, so that things will, be, will, will look distracting. Oh, no, there's, there's two snakes here. But I believe, and, and I think this is always the case, is that God's, God's rod, the rod in the hand of the man and woman of God, will always swallow up the rod uh, uh, that's cast down by the enemy. And I can tell you this, there, it doesn't matter how big or how scary or whatever it looks like, what's going on in the world, there is an identity, there is a rod, there is a, there is a, a, a word that is spoken by the church of the living God that if we will release us, if we will release it, if we will declare it, if we will live it, glory to God, then it will, it will swallow up that which the enemy is trying to do. I'm, I don't know about you, but I believe right in the middle of 500 years uh, of slavery and, and, and torture and and, and hardship. Amen. God sent one man in the middle of that. He sent one man in the middle of that to deliver a whole nation, a whole generation. And, and it was just one man's obedience. Glory to God. God is still in the business of using one man or one woman who's willing to look past the identity of, of their flesh. You know, Moses said, I'm not qualified. I don't, I don't speak well. I don't, I don't have all, all that it takes. I've already murdered somebody. Right? And, and, and so, so there were some things that looked like he didn't qualify but the Lord instead said, no, don't identify with your past. Don't identify with what you've been. Don't identify with what you see, but identify with what I'm declaring about you. And you'll be, and, and you'll be able to go in and deliver a nation. Well, in the same way you are anointed to identify with a greater reality than what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears. And you can go into the nation of your workplace, the nation of the schools, the nation of, of this community, amen, and you can live out a, an identity, glory to God, and begin to deliver uh, a truth that is greater than the reality that others are seeing or experiencing or identifying with. And so I just want to stir you a little bit because uh, uh, I believe what God is doing is always bigger than what the enemy's doing. I just believe that. I don't believe the enemy has the last word. Number one, because I read the end of the book and I found out what it says. So we got the cheat code. Look at your neighbor and say cheat code. Now, I know uh, the older folks may not know what that even means. But there's, there, there's been these secrets in the uh, gaming world. And I'm not a big gamer. But I used to, used to play Nintendo. Somebody say Amen. I used to uh, play some Mario and some Contra and, uh, and whatnot. And now, you know, now all games are like first person. And so I get, I get nauseous playing. You're like, rrr, rrr, back up, forward. Rrr, rrr, rrr. I get nauseous doing that. So I, I, I left gaming in the past. Somebody say amen. But I know, I know this, that there used to be these, these cheat codes. Any gamers, are there still cheat codes? Yes, there are. All right. Praise God. So uh, there used to be these cheat codes, you know. You get to the end of the world and you press up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, up, down, left. And then all of a sudden you power up and you got, you got some power or some ability in the game that you didn't have before you had the cheat code. And there used to be magazines that came out back when magazines were a thing. And you would get gaming magazine and you'd look in the back and they'd have the cheat code there for, for Mario or cheat code for Contra to get a, get a special weapon that, that would just cause you to, to run through the game. Well, I'm telling you tonight that there is a cheat code, glory to God, it's called identif identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. And amen. 
man, you got a magazine in your hand. You got, you got a book in your hand that's full of cheat codes. Glory to God, what the, the Lord has delivered to us, amen, that causes us to power up in a, in a situation, power up in a, in a scenario and be able to do things that we used to not be able to do, to be able to conquer a way that we used to not be able to conquer, to be able to walk in a scenario or a situation with an authority and with a, with a glory that's upon us, with a fragrance, as the word says, upon us that causes the, the whole atmosphere to begin to change. Hallelujah. We, you've been given a book full of cheat codes, amen, so that you can walk and, and live and move, glory to God, not by your own, own ability or your own self, but by the Spirit of God. Yay, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that stirs me up a little bit. Amen. I got the cheat code. Hallelujah. Amen. So I don't have to live uh, uh, like everybody else. I don't have to walk in things that everybody else is walking in. I don't have to look like what everybody else looks like. I don't have to be trapped in what everybody else is trapped in. I don't have to have the anxieties that, that everybody else is having. I don't have to have the worries that someone else is experiencing. I don't have to have the mindset that someone else is having. I don't have to have the, the, the wrong thinking that other people have had or that my family has had in the past or, or that situations would try to dictate for me to think. I've been bought by, 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 I've been bought with a price and I've been brought into a new family. Amen. Getting a little ahead of myself. Thank you, Miss Iris. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you're taking notes, identify what your identity is in. Identify what your identity is in. Sometimes we say, oh, my identity is in Christ. But, but when you get down to it, is it really? Now, it is, but is it functionally? Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15, we'll start there. It says, and he died for all, that those who live should live for themselves as much as possible. That those who live should live in what's convenient. That those who live should what? No longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, say from now on, we judge no one according to the flesh, even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him no, uh, thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Is your identity in your past? Is your identity in your past? Here's the thing. Sometimes we say, no, 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 my identity is not in my past. But the reason you're handling the situation you're in right now is because that's the way you saw mom handle it or dad handle it. That's because you've seen, uh, 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 that's the way that you used to handle it maybe before you were saved. Or if you're like me and you're growing in, in these things, how many of you know uh, you, don't, you don't say amen in the sinner's prayer and then all of a sudden everything you do is perfect. Come on, amen. No, that's not how it works. So even... Even being born again and raised in church, there's some things that I handled wrong in my past that I don't need to repeat. And I also don't need my identity or the way I see things to be based on past failures. Come on, like what Pastor Angel was saying this morning with our faith. You got to know where you're at and you got to get the inspiration in the word of the Lord and, and what he's saying for you now. Because, see, you might, you might not have got your answer in a past time because you gave up too quick. Well, don't identify with your past. Don't identify with, well, I didn't get it last time, so I'm not sure if I want to get in this thing again. No, the past is gone. Amen. Behold, if you say, Lord, forgive me for missing it, whatever it is, the past is gone. And behold, all things are new. You are a brand new anointed man and woman of God made to live in faith, created to walk in the, in the identity. If Jesus didn't have faith failures, we don't have to have faith failures. Identify with who you've been created to be. Identify with who God has made you to be. And then you don't have to worry if my faith is going to work because you know as long as I'm walking in line with what the Spirit of God is saying and I'm trusting the Word of God is based on the Word of God, there's no way I can fail because I'm just repeating the way that, the way that I've seen Jesus do it, who I've been made just like. So you don't identify with the past. Come on. Uh, is, it, is it in your own desires? You know, sometimes our identity is so wrapped up in our own desires 
Well, I have a desire to, to, to have this and, a, and a, this kind of house or this kind of uh, a car or this kind of job or this kind of a career. And, and our identity is wrapped up in those things uh, so much to the point that, that, that when things begin to, to get shaken in that area, we don't know who we are. We lose track of who we are. We, we don't know what's going on with our lives. And, and, and um, how many of you know the, in verse 15 it said, And he uh, died for all that those who live should no longer live for who? Themselves. Now, there's desires that, that are just ours, you know, that we've come up with that have nothing to do with the word of God, right? Anybody ever had any desires that had nothing to do with the Word of God? But then there's some desires that have everything to do with the Word of God that maybe God even put in you. But how many of you know if that desire becomes the focus of your identity, then you're going to get twisted. And when that thing doesn't come, come to pass in the, in the time frame that you put on it, then all of a sudden your identity's shaking. You don't know who you are. You don't know what's going on. You don't, you don't know why I think, well, why isn't it working out like I thought? Well, I thought I would be this far along in life. I thought that, that by this time my child would have would have gone ahead. I thought there's desires that God has put in there, but you still have to get put those desires on the altar of, of heaven and, and the altar of God so that he can bring those things to pass. Like Brother, Brother Steve was saying in the, offer, in the offering exhortation, that it's he that brings the covenant to pass. It's not your job to bring the covenant to pass. It's not your job to see the miracle through. It's not your job to make it, make it come to, to completion. It's your job to say, yes, Lord, I will, go, I will do what you say to do, and I will trust you. Boom. Look at your neighbor and say, boom. Amen. Just making sure y'all are awake. Is your, uh, is your identity in your family? Oh, now I'm getting, touching on some toes now. How many of you know that your ident identity can't even be in your family? Now, if you've got a good family and a good godly heritage in your family, great. But even then, your identity can't be in your family because families fail. Families make mistakes. Families don't get everything right. Amen. But how many of you know you've been bought into a new family that never fails, that always gets things right? You know, Jesus said, uh, there's none that will leave mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters, you know, in this life that won't receive a hundredfold and in the life to come. You know, uh, uh, what is he saying? He's saying you can't have your identity locked where if I say for you to move here or to stay here or to do this thing or to do that thing and your family doesn't like your decision, you can't be so locked into to your identity in your family that you are willing to let go of what God's saying to do. Right? You've got to, your identity's got to be more in who God has said you are and what he has called you to do than, than what your family says about it. Right? I know my parents had, had, to, had to make this stand because, uh, you know, some, for some reason, when we were kids, it was like every family event they wanted to have on Sunday. Right? Anybody ever experienced that? You know, your family, oh, well, Sunday's the only day we're all free. Well, why is that? But I don't know. It's just the way it is. Well, I'm not free Sunday. We're not free Sunday. We, we've made a commitment to, 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 to identify and to do the things that God has called us to do. And we, we have, we've already have commitments. We've already made a commitment. To, and, and, and so then all of a sudden now they're mad at you. They got a stank face because because they uh, uh, you didn't you didn't come to the family event, and so the next time they're like, "I ain't gonna see you. I'm glad you can show up this time." Yeah, anyone experienced that? Well, guess what? There's there's things in this life that you have to choose to identify with what God is saying than 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 those around you. Amen. That's not new news, is it? But it's still good. Um, is your identity in the season of life you're in? See, this can be this is a good one because sometimes we 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 identify with the season of life we're in instead of our identity in Christ. And so when seasons begin to change, how many know seasons don't stay the same? That's why they're called seasons. 
And so, you know, maybe, maybe you're a, a, a mother of young children or, or, or maybe you're, you're, you're a, um, a, a dad who's, who, who's right in the middle of it. And, and, I th- and I think about this sometimes. You know, when your identity gets so wrapped up in your kids and what they're doing, when they begin to get older and start moving on, you see this, this, this in empty nesters that all of a sudden the, the husband and the wife don't even know how to talk to one another. They don't even know how to live one, with one another because their identity is, has been so wrapped up in their children and what their children are are doing. How many of you know your children are, are precious? They're special. They're gifts from God. But how many of you know they are not God? And what they want is not God. And what they would like to, everything they would like to be involved in is not necessarily God. Right? And so we can't, we can't get wrapped up in the season that we're in. And, and so then when all of a sudden you find yourself as an empty nester, you don't know what to do because you, you, you've made your whole life your kids or your whole life some, some maybe it may, let me talk to somebody who, who, who is uh, uh, wrapped up in, in their work and their identity is in their work. And then all of a sudden that job changes or something about that job switches or maybe they're, they, they, they're, that, that, that source begins to dry up. Then all of a sudden you're, you've been so wrapped up in your job and this is who I am. And I think men tend to do this more than women. But, but where jobs are concerned, then all of a sudden we, we don't understand who we are because we've been so wrapped up. I'm a, I'm a mechanic or I'm a, I'm a foreman or I'm a, a construction uh, uh, foreman or I'm, I'm this person or I'm, the, I'm an accountant, I'm a, a, I'm a doc, whatever it is, and your identity is wrapped up in that position. But how many you know your identity become, it becomes, when it becomes wrapped up in position, when things begin to change and shift, we don't, we, that can cause us to fret and not know who we are. But if your identity is wrapped up in Christ, things begin to shift in your life. You're not concerned because you've got your foot planted on the rock. And so when the seasons begin to change or even storms begin to come, you've been planted on the rock. Your identity is in Jesus. Your life is not built in your job. Your life is not built in your career of choice. Your life is not built in even the career that God has has called you to. Your life is not built in that. It's built on Jesus. And from that place you produce in your job, from that place you produce in your career, from that place you produce new businesses, from that place you create blessing for others, whatever it is, but, but and from that place you are a mother of children. See, we don't identify with the season, but we also don't despise the season we're in. Whatever season you're in, like Pastor Angela was saying last week, there is grace for the season that you're in. And so whatever season that is, man, don't despise it. But from that plate, build your identity in the Lord and let the identity that you have in Christ allow you to grandmother the way you're supposed to. Let, let your identity in Christ allow you and springboard you into uh, uh, your, college, your college days. Let your identity in Christ and wherever it is allow you to, 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 be, to be a mother of children that is nurturing and raising uh, uh, kids in the, in the admonition of Christ and that is growing up world changers. See, see, our identity is in that, and when it's not, then we can actually produce the results of heaven in those scenarios, in those situations, in those places. Amen. My identity is not in being the the worship minister here. Now, it's what I'm called to do, and it's something I'm anointed to do. But how many of you know there's some good services and there's some not so good services? Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't. Well, if my identity is in, my, in who I am as worship minister, and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 because I had a good service this week, I'm valuable. I, I'm worth it. I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm important or whatever, the, whatever it is. Then all of a sudden when I don't have a good service or I miss it, and pastor's like, well, what have you done? And, and, and you handed me this service. What have you done? And, and, or whatever it is, you know, and I miss it. Then all of a sudden, or, or God forbid, I, I come in and I work and try to get it all y'all hooked up to go with the flow of the Holy Ghost and y'all just won't do it. God forbid that ever happened, but but I'm up here. Oh, come on, praise him. Give him the glory. Hey, hey, come on, do it, do it. Yeah, let's go. And, and I'm cheerleading as hard as I can, but, but y'all won't just hook up. Then all of a sudden I leave out of here. I'm not valuable. I don't have, I don't have what it takes. If my identity is in what I do instead of who I am. Your identity can't be in who and what you do. It's got to be in who you are. Your identity can't be in your financial situation. 
I said, your identity can't be in your financial situation. What did Paul say? He said over, and you can turn over there, Philippians 4.12. I'm going to go ahead and read it, so turn quick. It says, uh, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is he saying? Is he saying it's good to be broken, it's good to be blessed, you know, just wherever you find yourself, that's fine? That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is I don't care what the financial situation looks like. I don't care if I have an abundance in the bank account or God's meeting every need right on time, right at the moment I need it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Amen. He wasn't saying God's not going to meet your need. He's saying, you know, how many have been in seasons when you get the need met right on time and then the next need is met? Right on time. You, you can't look to your bank account and say, Woo, bless, well, no matter what need comes this week, I got a full bank account. Maybe you don't. Maybe the need is getting met right on time. How many of you know that's still supernatural provision? It's still God meeting every need according to his word. And, in, and what Paul is saying, it doesn't matter what season you are in, you don't let your identity be in, oh, I have a bunch in the bank account or I have little in the bank account or I'm making much in my job or I'm making little in my job. He's saying, no, don't let your identity be in either of those things, but rather let your identity be in Christ because he's the one that strengthens you to excel in every season you're in. Come on. Number two. See, those were just sub points. Number two. Identify the source of your thoughts. Identify the source of your thoughts. Turn over to Romans chapter 12. This is a well-read scripture around here. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, we're starting verse 1. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship or service. Amen. It's, It's your worship. Your worship isn't just... This on Sunday morning or Sunday night even or Wednesday night. Your worship is what you're living your life as. Amen. What are you identifying with on the daily? You can be identifying with Christ in your job and in your situation. And that is actually worship unto God because you're presenting yourself a living sacrifice. Oh, y'all, don't want to, y'all don't want to hear that tonight. Okay. Uh, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed with the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and, and the perfect will of God. Um, we must renew our minds uh, because our re- the renewed mind is the filter for our life. If your mind is not renewed, then you, don't, you can't identify the source of thoughts. I said if your mind is not renewed, if you don't have the word as a filter, then you can't identify what thoughts are from God, what thoughts are are of of the recreated spirit, what thoughts are from the word of God, and what thoughts are just coming because because you had a bad day, or what thoughts have come because that's just your unrenewed personality, or what thoughts are coming from the enemy, or what thoughts are being suggested by somebody that you're around that you ought not be around. Because it's our job. You know, God didn't say, I'll filter your thoughts, did he? No, he said, he said it's our job, right? It's our job to renew our mind. Amen. Say, it's my job. Um, the, um, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, I'll just read it. It says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Sometimes the enemy is wiser than the children of God because, because he just throws out bait in the form of thoughts, and we just take it hook, line, and sinker without being wise and understanding. What is, the, what is this that I'm thinking? Hold on, I'm having this thought. Where is this thought coming from? Hold on, I'm thinking negative about this person, or I'm thinking negative about my future. Or I'm feeling discouraged about what God has said. Where is this thought coming from? We ought to be wise as uh, uh, serpents and gentle as doves. Amen. And it says, um, and it says in Hosea chapter four and verse six. You can write these down and read them later. But it says, my people are destroyed for what? For a lack of knowledge. It is the word of God that gives us the supernatural knowledge to filter our thoughts and to recognize whether these thoughts are coming from the source of identity in Christ, identity in who he's created us to be, identity in who he's uh, made us to be, or thoughts that have been com- have come from the world's system or the world's way of doing things or from, from uh, wrong, wrong thinking in the past. 
We have, to, we have to renew our minds so that we understand where these things are coming from. Uh, uh, is, the, is this thought coming from the enemy, the flesh, the emotions? Identify where it's coming from. It's not always the enemy. Let me just tell you that. Oh, I'm only having, you know, uh, uh, I'll tell on, um, since Miss Amy was telling on, on Nate this morning, I'll tell on, on one of my children. Um. We were having some attitude issues. And uh, when I would say, what are you, why are you acting that way? The devil's making me do it, was the response. The devil's making me do it. And the first time I thought it was kind of cute, honestly. I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of funny. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter who's making you do it. You're not acting that way in this house, da 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 But then... You know, after the third or fourth time of, uh, of wrong attitude and wrong, the devil's making me do it. I'm like, hold up. The devil can't make you do anything. And, and I just had a moment where I was like, no, wait a minute. The devil's not making you do anything. You are choosing. If, if the enemy, if the devil is bringing that thought, you have a choice whether you yield to that thought or you don't. So the devil's not making you do anything. And so we can't all the time blame, because some of these thoughts that we have aren't even the devil. They're just our own lazy flesh. They're, you know, the Bible says that where does sin come from? It says desires that are birthed in us. He didn't say where does sin come from? It comes from the devil. That mean old devil just makes you sin. No, it says from desires that are in you. In you, the spirit? No, in you, the flesh. That needs to, to be captured by the identity that's in Christ, the renewed, the renewed mind and the spirit of God that's been made new needs to capture the flesh that has, unre- that has unrenewed desires, unrenewed thoughts, unrenewed plans, unrenewed feelings, unrenewed mo- emotions. See, God, God has given emotions, but God hasn't given the emotions most of the time you're using them that way. He's given emotions to you as a servant to your spirit. So that whenever, whenever the, the emotions come up that don't line up with this, that don't line up with the word of God, that we can call, uh, capture those emotions, submit them to our spirit, and call them in line. Then he's also given our emotions that when they line up with the word, they can flow and help and, and cause us to be blessed in, in a worship service where, where we're focused on the Lord and we're worshiping out of a heart of gratitude and we're thankful. And then those emotions come alongside what God is saying and what God is doing and they actually bless us because emotions are servants they're not leaders thoughts are not are are, are supposed to be your the, the servant of your heart so identify where, where is it coming from the flesh the emotions the enemy <clears throat> um, is this thought the result of habitual wrong thinking sometimes we just have patterns of wrong thinking that we've not broken and so that's our go-to Well, Pastor Angela didn't say hi to me today. You know, she's always kind of that way with me. She's always kind of, you know, she just, she never really has liked me that much. And then all of a sudden, why why are you thinking that today? Because you probably thought that way in high school. And because you probably kept that way of thinking through college. You probably feel that way at work with people. Was well, that the devil? No, that's your own habitual wrong thinking that is created from a devil system that you've bought into. But it's not the devil isn't on assignment getting you to think that way. No, that's just your own habitual wrong thinking. Now we can go back to shouting in a minute. Just it's okay. <clears throat> Turn over to Philippians chapter four and verse eight. Um, it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, what? Meditate or think on these things. Well, here's the thing. If you've got an assignment from the Lord of the things to think about, how many of you know there is grace that is impregnated in the Word of God that when you begin to act on what the Word of God has said, there's an anointing that releases in you as you begin to know I'm not going to think that way I'm going to pull my mind from where it's wanting to go no 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 I know Pastor Angela loves me no that that that's not that's not true that's not noble that's not that's not lovely that's not of a good I know she loves me so I, I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna choose to think that and know that Pastor Angela loves me even though she didn't say hi to me this morning 
right? And what, is that, what does that look like? Then all of a sudden, you know what? I noticed she, she was on a mission back there. Someone, someone back there was hurting, and she was loving on them. Thank God that she was an answer to somebody today. All of a sudden, you begin to think more noble, more like your identity. How many of you know Jesus don't have thoughts like, well, Pastor Angel don't love me this morning? Right? No, there, you are, you, why, why is he saying think like this? He's not just saying just make yourself think this way. No, this is a description of our identity in Christ Jesus, and this is the way that someone who is identified with Christ thinks. And he's saying, if you will line up with who God says you are in this moment, the, your mind will be submitted to your identity, and you'll actually be able to be true. You'll actually be able to be noble. You'll be able to be just because you are made noble. You are made true. You are made just. You are made pure. You are made lovely. You are, you are someone who operates with good and, and flows in good reports and gives good reports. You are someone who is full of virtue. You are someone who knows how to give uh, praiseworthy results. Amen. This is a description of of who you are and when you've been raised to a royal family come on we've been raised out of a family that that was that was caught and, and, and destined for for hell and was 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 uh, uh, separated from the royal family of the father of god but you've been translated out of that kingdom back into a royal kingdom you ought to be thinking noble you ought to be thinking pure you ought to be thinking trustworthy you ought to be thinking faithful you ought to be thinking good you ought to be thinking blessing and not cursing you ought to be thinking good reports. You ought to be declaring praiseworthy things. You ought to be that way because it's who you are. This is not something you're trying to make yourself. This is who you are. The, uh, the apostle Paul is declaring, this is who you are. Think out of this place. Hallelujah. I can't be discouraged if I'm thinking this way. I can't have a bad, a bad thought, a pattern about the future of my kids if I'm thinking this way. I can't think about my pastors in a negative way if I'm thinking this way. Come on. This, this, is, this is real life. If you're having a hard time thinking right about someone God's called you to run your race with, recognize where that thought is coming from. It may be from the enemy. It may be because you're just, you've just been uh, uh, church hurt in the past from some other place or some other thing, and you've carried that along into your now Right? So recognize where these things are coming. We ought to be wise. We're, we're the children of God called to, and seated together with Jesus. There is wisdom that flows from the throne of God to his children. We have been actually recreated in wisdom and recreated with knowledge and recreated with who he is and to think the way he thinks. We ought not fall prey to the things that the enemy's trying to filter through in our lives. Hallelujah. Is, what is this thought causing in me? Is it causing me to be stirred up? Is it causing me to have hope for the future? Is it causing me to think right about the people that, that, that I'm called to love? Is it causing me to, to think blessing? Or is it causing me to be anxious? Is it causing me to be frustrated? Is it causing me to have, have concern and worry? That's a good identifier where the thought is coming from. Is it of the kingdom? Is it of the family that you've been created into? Is it, is it of God? Is it of the word? Or is it of this world? Or is it of the flesh? Is it of the enemy? Amen. Is it causing you to be anxious? And uh, a little bit further back in, in Philippians chapter 4, it says in verse 4, it says, Rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. Let gentleness, <clears throat> which is graciousness and forbearance, if you're losing your forbearance, then you're probably thinking out of the wrong identity. Whether that be with your spouse, whether that be with your children, whether that, come on, whether that be with your boss, whether that be with, with your uh, uh, co-workers, whether that be with, with the family of God, whoever it is, whether it be with your music minister, wherever and whoever that's pointed out, the, 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 uh, the, the, if you're losing your forbearance, if you're losing your gentleness, I can guarantee you've, you started to identify with the wrong way of thinking. You started to identify outside of who you've been made to be in Christ Jesus, and you're identifying with an old man. Um, let's read on real, real quick. 805. Now give me a couple more minutes, please. Uh, it says, be anxious for nothing except for if it really matters to you. 
be anxious for nothing unless it has to do with your family. Be anxious for nothing if it, unless it's your career oriented, then it's. No, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, uh, made known to God. And then I like this, verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Through your identity in Christ Jesus, your hearts and your minds will be guarded. Amen. If what? If you don't allow anxious thoughts to become your reality. But when you begin to get anxious about your future, you begin to get anxious about your situation. Well, I thought I would, and I, for me, I wish I was, and, and these thoughts of, uh, uh, well, I, you know, why didn't I make, make the cut in this area? Or why? No, the, when those thoughts of being anxious begin to come and, they, and you allow them to stay, then you begin to forfeit God's protection over your mind and over your heart. You forfeit it. You say, no, God. I'm forfeiting the, your ability to guard my heart and mind by, by your peace because I've got a better way of thinking. It's called, it's called thinking my way. Could you testify that, Brother Steve, this week when you made that switch to trust him and not be anxious and not overwork? Then all of a sudden, peace came. Amen. I wasn't, he didn't tell me that, but I just know because the Word of God says that's what happened. Peace comes, and then all of a sudden, the answers come. But when we're doing, when we're, when we're in self-effort and, and, and toiling and trying to, how can we do it? How can I do it? How can I make this work? Then all of a sudden you're, th you're thinking, thinking in line with the anxious thoughts, and all of a sudden you're forfeiting the peace of God. And it's the peace of God that actually guards your mind and heart from evil thoughts getting in and carrying you off, off of your destiny. And off of the plan of God. But we get, begin to be, get anxious and we say, well, why isn't this working out? Or I thought this would happen by now. And I thought, you know, I, I thought I'd be married by now. I thought I'd have kids. But I thought I thought I w uh, my job would have broken through. But I thought I'd be, uh, uh, you know, I have this amount of money by now. And those anxious thoughts begin to come in and creep in. And then all of a sudden, we, because we take the anxious thought and let it stay, we forfeit the protection of God over our minds and hearts. And then the enemy can come alongside that anxious. Why does he bring anxious? anxious thoughts because that's not that's not the the point he's not just trying to get you anxious he's trying to with anxiety get you to open the door to a follow-up thought that will carry you off of the plan of God off of the purpose of God off of your faith project off of what God has said he's trying to sneak in it's a Trojan horse anxiety is a Trojan horse in your life he's trying to sneak in with it with a Trojan horse and say oh you should worry about this oh it's gonna be bad or oh it's not gonna work out or why isn't it happening or I thought I'd be this and I I thought it'd be that, and he rolls that Trojan horse in it. But inside the Trojan horse is the follow-up thought once you've gotten beaten down with anxiety and forfeited your protection is a thought that'll carry you off the plan of God. You see that? Amen. We ought not allow it. Is this thought of love? Uh, the thoughts of love, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's not talk about love without reading about love. I'm wrapping up. I'm circling. We are on approach, ladies and gentlemen. Um, which, you know, usually means you've got about 30 to 40 minutes left, you know. The Holy Spirit has us in a circle pattern waiting for all clear to land. Just sit back and enjoy the message. We'll be with you shortly. Curtis will be walking through the aisles with bottled water only. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. <laughs> um, Though I speak with the tongues of man and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, and I like this, understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Man, he's going after it right here. And have, and have all faith. Come on. this. You think this man, oh, this man's got it, right? He understands all mysteries, all knowledge. He has all faith. Oh, yep, he's, he's, he's got it going on. But he says, uh, uh, even all faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am what? I am nothing. 
You know, Miss Amy said something on Wednesday to the teenagers uh, at the end of service. She said, you know, oftentimes we look at people and say, they're spiritual because they flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Or they're spiritual because they, they, they are able to, to do this thing really good or do that thing really good. They're spiritual because they, they, they do some, some uh, uh, spiritual activity. They pray all the time or, or whatever it is. And we say, man, that's a spiritual person. But, but I like what she said. It's not that that tells us how spiritual they are. It's their love walk. It's their love walk that lets us know how spiritual someone is, right? And, and I like that because he's saying, look, I can, I can have all spiritual knowledge, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. Oh, well, he walks in faith. He, that, he's, that, that means he's a man of God. No, it's actually his love walk that declares whether he's a, the, uh, a man of God or not. Amen? And so are these thoughts, thoughts of love? Uh, you might be thinking, oh, the Holy Ghost brought me this thought. Well, is it a thought of love or is it not? Well, I've heard people say, well, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost brought this thought to me. Well, that's interesting because it has nothing to do with love. And I don't know about you, but I found that the Holy Spirit likes to move in line with the Word of God. I've heard this, this uh, through the grapevine, this, this, um, this rumor that the Holy Spirit likes to confirm the Word. Right? He confirms the word. So if you're having thoughts that don't line up with love, it's a good identifier. Because you are actually have you have actually had the love of God shed abroad on the inside. That's your identity. Amen. And so if the thoughts are not thoughts of love, they're not thoughts that are coming out of the identity that you have in Christ, we gotta turn them off. Amen. One more one more point. Uh, are you identifying with the right family? Um, Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Let's turn there. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, what? Abba, Father. We have, don't identify with a fatherless family. You know, it, we're in a, we, we are in a, uh, uh, a, situation in our country where there's lots of people growing up with fa without fathers present. But how many of you know that we cannot choose to identify with a fatherless family, whether we grew up with a dad or not? Many times there, maybe, maybe we had a dad, but he didn't do everything right. Maybe you had a father, but, but he, didn't, he didn't live out the perfect example. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We can, we can choose to identify because we have a, a heavenly father who has adopted us into his family, and he's a father that never runs out. He's a father that never gives up. He's a father that, that doesn't lack in any mercy. He's a father that doesn't lack in any love. He's a father that always cares. He cares affectionately. He cares fervently. He always chooses you. He doesn't choose himself over you, but he always chooses you. He's never selfish. He's never self-interested. He's never concerned about his worries more than yours. No, because he has no worries. He's God, and he's chosen to take your worries as his own so that he could move in your situation, so that he could turn your life around, so that he could change the thing that you're going through. we got to identify with uh, with being children of the Father, of the Father God, who has chosen to love us before even the foundations of earth. Amen. He decided as you, as the object of his affection, you are loved. You are, you are the apple of the Father's eye. You are the one that he cares and is concerned about. Yeah, but he's got all of these other kids. How can he care about me like that? I don't know, but I'm telling you it's the truth. He's chosen to put you at the center of his heart. He's got a big heart, and it's got a big center, and he fits all the, all the children that he has at the center of his heart and the center of his focus. And so we've got to give up the identifying with whatever our natural family situation was and begin to identify with the father that we have. He's a loving father. He's a good father. He's, he's concerned about you. He cares about you. He sacrificed for you. He is the picture of a, of a perfect father who laid down everything so that he could give you everything. He's your father. He's, just not, he's not just somebody else's father. He's your father. You can run into his arms. You can ask him for advice. You, he will give you direction. He will come to your aid. He will supply your needs. He will, he will fund your dreams. He will, he will fund your future. This is the father that, that you have. This is the, that's why, like we were singing this morning, he's my God. Amen. I'm glad he's Drew's God, but I'm, I'm more glad he's my God. I love Drew, but hey, I'm glad he's my God. He's my dad. 
We got a spirit that's on the inside. It's a recreated spirit. I fully identify with Jesus. Did you, do you think one day that Jesus said the Father doesn't love me? No, he knew the Father's love for him. That's why he was willing to do something that looked like it wasn't in his best interest because he knew and could trust the Father's love for him. Amen. And in the same way, if you all begin to identify with Christ and know that you are loved and know that you have been created with purpose from the Father's heart, you'll be able to lay down your life knowing that God will raise it back up and multiply it and give you back the things that, that, that you laid down for him. We got to identify fully with our position as sons and daughters of the living God. Are you identifying with your royal family? Romans chapter 5, verse 17, I'm wrapping up. It says, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance, abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. You didn't earn it. You didn't do something to deserve it. The Lord chose to love you because you were the object of his affection. That means you can't, if you didn't earn it, you can't lose it. You can lean into it. You can yield to it. You can resist it, but you can't lose it. He chose you. He chose me. And if that, it, it says, if by one man's offense, death reigned, how much more? Those that received the, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Romans 6, uh, 12 through 14, you can write it down. But it basically just boldly declares that we're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to the dominance of this world. We're no longer slaves to, the, to, the, to, to the, our family's past. We're no longer slaves to, to the things that, that went on in, in, in the old days or, or the way that we were raised or the way that we, we, we have seen ourselves in the past. We're not slaves to those things. Those things cannot hold you anymore. Those things don't have a say-so. The Bible says do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't let sin reign and don't let the creation of sin reign, the offspring of sin reign. Don't let the offspring, what am I talking about? Because sin entered in the earth, thinking less than came into the earth. Because sin entered the earth, sickness entered into the earth. Because sin entered the earth, a, fa a fatherless uh, 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 mindset entered into the earth. Because sin entered into the earth, thinking that I won't have enough entered into the earth. All these offspring of sin, what is, what is the Bible saying? He's saying don't let sin reign in your life and don't let the offspring of sin, the way that sin has created a system don't let those things enter into the earth, but do what, what the, like what, what we talked about at the very beginning. Choose to identify with a, with a greater reality than what you see with your natural eye. And choose to identify with who God has created you to be as part of the royal, the noble family, the children of God, those called by the Most High, sons and daughters, kings and priests. We are a royal generation. We're a royal priesthood. Amen. We're, we're a peculiar generation. How are we peculiar? We're peculiar because we choose to live differently than what we, than what we can see with a natural eye. We're, we're peculiar because somehow we can tap into a reality that's unseen and bring it into the seen realm. We're peculiar because we have faith and we can walk out on faith knowing that what God has said is true and, and not have to worry if whether it will come to pass or not. We're peculiar. We don't look like the rest of the world. We're a royal generation. We've been called to reign in life with Christ Jesus. A slave thinks that he, he'll never have enough. A king knows there's always more than enough. Come on, a slave thinks, how can I get this? How can I get this done? This is in my notes right here. Uh, uh, just like what Brother Stave said, slave thinking is how can I get this done? But when you partner with king thinking, when you partner with the way that Jesus is, when you partner with the way that he sees things, uh, a king thinks, how, who can I partner with so that this will get done? Come on. We need kings, kings to rise up together and partner with, with each other to get the plan of God done. Amen. A slave thinks it's not my responsibility. A king knows that it is his responsibility and he has access to the, to the whole force of heaven to get whatever the need is done. 
Come on, we got to switch and raise up to a different way of thinking, a different way of seeing things so that we don't live the way that we've been living. We might have been living good. You might be living great. But there's a higher level, a higher place, a a higher way of identifying with Jesus so that you can bring a higher level of of his will into your life and into your situation and into your place of influence. Hallelujah. And so I just wanted to encourage you tonight. What is it? What is it? What is it? What, what thoughts have you been having? What, what ways of seeing things have you been partnering with that, that have nothing to do with what God has created you? That have nothing to do with, with who he's created you to be. We, we all have areas, me included. Me included. You know, uh, I, w- I was on the phone. Some of y'all know Clint. Um, Thompson, he's a good friend of mine. I was on the phone with him yesterday, and 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 he was he was telling me this story, <clears throat> and he said, uh, uh, you know, there's this this homeless man that comes in and and every every so often into his barber shop and asks for money and asks for lunch money. Do you have anything extra? And they usually give you know give to him, you know, and 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 it's they, the 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 he's had it on his heart to to just you know kind of go after him, and so that's what he's what he's been doing. And um, and then his other barber is not even a believer, but because he sees you know Clint doing, he's he's like, well, yeah, I'll do it too. And so they 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 constantly are are you know giving to this man, and and Clint is is sharing things with him, and 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 giving giving a, uh, what he feels like the Lord is saying to him and stuff. But one day he comes in and he knows this homeless man has has uh, uh, these jeans on that he's been wearing ever since he's met him, and they're just torn to shreds. They're threadbare, and 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 Clint just has on heart. I'm gonna buy him some new jeans. I'm gonna buy him some new jeans. And so he asked him, "What size jeans do you wear?" The guy told him. So he he buys them. He you know he buys these jeans and he keeps them in his shop, waiting for the next time he comes in. He comes in. He's like, "Hey man, you know, uh, you know, I've been thinking about you, and, and the Lord the Lord told me to buy buy you some jeans, and so I, I did." And um. And he gives them to him, and he thought he would be, you know, excited about it. But he wasn't. He's just like, all right, all right, you know, took him, whatever. And his partner, his barber partner, um, uh, he goes a couple days later, and and he drives behind the shop, and he sees the jeans laying by the side of the building. These new jeans are laying beside the building. And so then it wasn't, he tells Clint about it, that it wasn't too long after the, the, the homeless man comes back in. And he says, he says, uh, you know, hey, you guys got any extra and, and today? And and they were like, no, we don't have any extra. And because um, they were both kind of annoyed, you know, that they had gotten these new jeans and they see them. And so he goes out and Clint comes back out. He goes out and he says, listen, man, why why don't you have have or no no? Let me correct this. He 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 tells he tells his barber friend, I can't believe that. You know, I believe God to get these man this man some jeans, and and he doesn't even wear them. The barber, the non-saved barber, runs out after him and says, hey, listen, man, we've been taking care of you for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, and, and my friend is believing God to get you some jeans. And he's not even a Christian, and he's like, my friend's believing God to get you some jeans, and you won't even wear them. You won't even put them on. We love you, and you won't, and you won't, even, you won't even respond to the things that we bought for you. And, and you know, some, th- something like that. And, and Clint was just kind of telling me this story, and, and and so then the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, next time he came in, he had the new jeans on. You know, hey, he, 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 he was smart, right? And they were like, you know, they were like, oh, good, we're glad you're wearing the jeans. But the whole point was when he was telling me that story, I, I just couldn't help to think, what, in what way are we thinking like that homeless man? We've been given a pair of brand new jeans, and we've been asking for things, and there's something that is provided for us and that belongs to us and has been given to us, but we've been, gotten so used to wearing the old ratty jeans of the world or the old ratty jeans of our situation or the old ratty jeans of our faith failure or the old ratty jeans of whatever it is when God said, no, I've got a, bear, a pair of brand new jeans that I've provided for you. I've got something that's brand new. It's a brand new identity in Christ Jesus. It's a brand new look. It's a brand new way of 
seeing. It's a brand new way of thinking. And we and we cast it aside. We go out, you know, you walk outside the church and you see you see identity cast in the corner of the of the outside of the church. And Pastor and Pastor Andrew are like, What? We just gave you this brand new, this brand new word on identity, and you've got it cast off into why why aren't you wearing what areas? And and when when he shared that story, I just began to judge my own heart and say, God, what way am I like that homeless man where I'm not I'm forfeiting the very blessing and the very things that you've given me and and believed for come on God believed for you he gave and sacrificed for you he gave it I don't I don't want I don't want somebody to have to come out and say Steve why are you not taking advantage of the very thing that my I don't want the Holy Spirit to say why are you not taking advantage of the very thing that the father gave everything for Identify. Let's, let's stir ourselves up and begin to identify with who God has made us to be. Identify with the realities that he's given us. Identify with the things that God, God has created you to, to walk in and to enjoy. Amen. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the presence of God. We thank you for the anointing. Lord, most of all, we thank you for who you've made us to be. Your love for us, Lord. Father, help us in any area that we're, we're being like the, the homeless man and casting aside things that were so precious to you to purchase for us. Help us to identify, not with who we used to be, not with old ways of thinking, not with wrong ways of thinking, but identify fully with who you've created us to be. Father, we're not trying to do this on our own, but Father, we ask right now for the Holy Spirit's help. Highlight, Father, this week even. Highlight some areas where we've cast aside some of the precious things that you have for us, Lord. Highlight some some of the precious things that you've called us to think, think on. Highlight some of the precious things that you've died for. Highlight those things that we've not on purpose many times, Father, just like that homeless man. He, he, I don't believe he was intentionally being, being negligent. It's just he got so used to a wrong way of living that he didn't even see it. Father, unveil any of those areas in our lives this week where we've gotten so used to something that we're not even seeing it. We ask right now. You just agree with me. We ask right now, Father. Reveal those things to us. Show us those things that we, ought, that we might be able to change them and make those course corrections so that we can fully identify with who you've created us to be. We love you so much. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you for the word of God today. In Jesus' name. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.